Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. With us today is Fenton Nelson. And Fenton, you are the new head coach at Graceland University. Yes, yes I am. And that's in Lamoni, Iowa. And it's a new program that just started last year. Yep, started last uh, beginning here in the spring. And uh, I was able to slip in there this fall and keep it going, Well, that's awesome, and so far I saw your post on Facebook the other day. It looks like your team's doing pretty good, and you've got a really good start on the season this year. Yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, the first outing, I always wanted to, you know, sit back and just kind of watch the kids and see what they're going, you know, what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, based on what I saw this last week, you know, I was able to set some goals for the team because I just didn't really recruit any of these kids, so they're all very trusting with, you know, staying with the program and staying with Graceland to allow me to be their coach. And, you know, it was really fun to watch them have success and at, at our first rodeo. And then going forward, we, we set some different goals, and I think I think we can accomplish all of them. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, and, of course, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Yeah, let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. How long have you been involved in rodeo or with horses? So our, our family's always had uh, horses, and... We never, we hadn't really ever rodeoed. Mom said she high school rodeoed, and we were in fifth grade, and we were at the Iowa Horse Fair, and uh, a young man walked up to us and asked if we'd ever been to a high school or junior high rodeo. And uh, Mom said that she had, and the conversation got going, and we went and got a, a, a rope horse pony, and we entered the first junior high rodeo and when I was in sixth grade, and it's just escalated from there. We had never really rodeoed much, and then my first rodeo was a junior high rodeo in sixth grade. So Very cool. So you have uh, two younger siblings, too. So did they go yes. to that rodeo? Did they start rodeoing right then as well, or did they get introduced later? Yeah, so um, as soon as we started really getting into it, uh, JC, my younger sister, she started practicing, and uh, Jeb was still pretty young yet, and he was one of the kids that was always covered in mud on his bike at the, at the high school and junior high rodeos. Oh, yeah. Used to the youth rodeos, because thereafter we started going to junior high rodeos, we started going to the, you know, the youth rodeos, and he was able to do some stuff there, and mm-hmm. I would say he started really getting serious about it in about fourth or fifth grade. I remember when Jeb started coming to clinics here at the house, and JC was one of my first group of lesson kids, uh, or clinic kids, yep. and it's, it's been really fun to watch your whole family grow up, but you're not that much younger than me, so I really didn't even know you while we had family rodeos and stuff, but kind of gotten to know you afterwards, but your family has always been absolutely wonderful, and we're so thankful to know you all. Yep. They're, they're a pretty great support system. Oh, yeah. They're wonderful people. So you started with roping, right? Were yeah. Um, so my first junior high rodeo, I, yep, I entered the breakaway roping and the shoot dogging, and it went terrible. But, oh, no. But uh, I, I was hooked. It it was it couldn't have gone any worse. I got run over by my shoot dogging steer, and oh. I think I might have fallen off my pony. But, you know, from, from there, all you can go is up. Right. What happened on that first one that was so bad? Um, you know, I was nervous. I'd never actually roped a calf, much less thrown down a shoot dogging steer. Um, we were behind the bucking chutes, and I had, we'd called somebody before we got to the rodeo because I entered the shoot dogging, and we didn't uh-huh. know what it was. Oh, boy. And uh, 
Yeah, so we were really green to it. So I was standing behind the uh, the roping, the roping, or the the, the shoots, and uh, uh, Chance Schultz walks up and asked me if I'd ever shoot dog before, and I said I had, you know, I had never done this before. And he kind of took me under his wing. He said, "What you want to do is when he gets past that line, just jump up, grab their horns, and throw them to the ground." Simple as that. Of course, that, that sounds easy enough. Do what? <laughs> simple as that. Yeah, simple as that. I was like, okay, I can do this. This is not hard. So after I got a drug around the arena for, I don't know, it felt like forever, stepped <laughs> on three or four times. And, you know, I, I walked out crying and, you know, because I just got drug all over. And mom asked, she goes, well, do you want to enter it again next week? And, and I turned around and smiled and said, yes, I do. Awesome. And that was, it was after that we were, we were hooked on it. Definitely fueled your fire then. Yep. That's awesome. So sure then, uh, how'd the roping go at your first one? Um, I remember, I, I, mom and dad I thought they needed to buy a picture of it, and it's <laughs> uh, I'm on my little paint pony, and I think I'm around, about the third lap around the arena on a jersey cross calf, um, just trying to circle this sucker so it'll slow up so I can throw my rope, and oh, I don't good. know if I ever got close enough. In the picture, it does not look like I got close enough to him. Oh, that's funny. Well, we all have to start somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So since then, tell us, you you went through junior high rodeo, and then you got into high school rodeo. How did that transition go? What was it like for you? Um. Yeah, the junior high to high school transition, you know, I, I thought that it was going to, you know, I thought the high school compet- uh, the competition was going to be just so intense that I wouldn't be able to compete. And so mentally I had a block of, you know, I went in thinking I was not good enough to compete with the upper level people. And I had, I had a mental block and, you know, my freshman year of of high school, I only caught four tie down calves when the year before I'd done so good in the junior high tie down roping and I caught almost every calf and I got to high school. I just couldn't catch anything. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the steer wrestling was going okay. And, you know, I would catch them all pretty consistent and just got worked on my consistency and was, you know, able to make the high school finals that first year in the steer wrestling, which was, you know, beside myself to be a freshman and be able to, you know, to make the high school finals was awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then, you know, just as the years after my freshman year, I stood back and I kind of, you know, thought about it and I said, these aren't that much different, you know, just, I just need to go do my thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I worked on it, worked on the calf roping a lot more. My steer wrestling got better, you know, worked at it. You know, it just got better every year where I gained my confidence that, you know, I, I am here to compete and I, and I can be competitive. Yeah, sometimes it takes that, that positive self-talk to get us to the next level. So then as you continued, so you, you did good that first year in the steer wrestling. How'd the next year go after you had that talk? So my, my sophomore year, um, I won the year in in the steer wrestling um and that was really really good my, my dad started hazing for me every place we went we were able to start practicing together and having my dad haze for me i felt was a uh, truly a blessing because we worked on it together we worked on my steer wrestling as we were working on his hazing mm-hmm. and he always wanted the best run for me that i could get and we were both you know both in it together and it was a lot of fun it seems to me like that's one thing in steer wrestling that people underestimate is how important it is to have a hazer 
that knows you as a steer wrestler. And, uh, you know, it, it, I know that it's not convenient for everybody to have somebody there to practice with them all the time, but being able to build that, I mean, it is a team while at the end of the day, it comes down to how you perform. Like you have to have a, a hazer who gives you the best shot and who knows how you steer wrestle and how your horse works and, and what's going to make him tick. So I'm sure that, that doing that and having somebody that you could consistently practice with gave you a competitive advantage that the other kids might not have had. Yes, exactly. And that was the thing is I had gotten a new steer wrestling horse and we were figuring him out and we needed to adjust dad's hazing some and it was really easy to do because, you know, we were there every night and we could, we could figure it out. So Did you guys go to other places and get help too or, or were you kind of left up to your own devices? Yeah, um, so I'd always... Our, uh, we, we had bought the horse from Alan Good, a guy out in South Dakota. Oh, yeah, and we he know puts on a good wrestling. Yep, he puts on a good steer wrestling school. Um, Tyler Shaw had put on some steer wrestling schools. Uh, Mike Shaw, um, he used to live up here in Iowa. They live in Kansas now. Uh, we would go there and practice and go to their clinics. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of there, – there was some really good guys around that wanted to help. You know, Iowa, Iowa steer wrestlers at that time. And, uh, you know, th- those guys were really helpful in, you know, creating, you know, some of the some of the steer wrestlers that came out of Iowa during our time. Yeah, and you had to put a lot of extra work into that, too. It didn't just happen by practicing at home. Going to those clinics and learning from other people, like, that's a critical component in, in getting to the next level. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about your calf roping. So your steer wrestling was going good. How'd calf roping go? Yeah, so my sophomore year in the calf roping, I ended up uh, that they used to give uh, buckles one through six, and uh, I ended up fifth place in the calf roping, so I got a buckle. Awesome. Um, And so, you know, that that was a good uh, stepping stone for me to know that I could, you know, I could compete, and there was, you know, uh, there was lots of talented calf ropers in, in high school rodeo at the time. I'm sure there is still now. Um, so it just got better. I, I figured out how to ride the horse better. I, you know, got more consistent. I got more relaxed. Um, I wasn't as nervous. Um, I kind of started to, to settle in and, and figure out what works, what doesn't. It's just, uh, it's a, there's always growing pains with different horses and new oh, situations. Yeah. So I yeah, and I think that's one thing that's great about high school rodeo. You know, I, I get the question from time to time, well, why would I spend that much money for my kid to go to these high school rodeos and not win any money? You know, because that it is a big financial commitment for a parent to be able to take off the time and, and invest the money in entry fees and horses and all of that. But just this experience in the first two years of high school that you're telling us about you know, it's that's what set you apart as you've continued through life is you had the opportunity to go two days at the same place amongst the same people who are your peers who, you know, nobody wants to be made fun of or not be good or, you know, worse than their peers. So being able to step up to that level and learn amongst people your age, I think is so important. And it's, I know it's made a huge difference for me and it's all led to competing in the future, but being able to build that, uh, that confidence and the repetitiveness of going to the same places, I think is a, a critical component in for a lot of competitors. And, and just the camaraderie through high school rodeo and the people you meet along the way and 
you know, whether it's the adults or, you know, the, the parents of the kids or the, the kids you high school rodeoed with, you're always going to have that connection. And, you know, you, I run into people that I high school rodeoed with all, you know, randomly at different rodeos. And, oh, you know, yeah. it just feels like that, that rodeo picks up, you know, wherever they saw them last, you just pick up right where you left off. That's right. It is. They call it a rodeo family for a reason. <laughs> so go ahead and tell us though the rest of your high school career and then we'll go on because you college rodeoed after that. Yeah, um, so my junior year of high school went good. Um, I ended up uh, second in the steer wrestling, and then I ended. I, I made the high school finals in the calf roping for the first time, which um, was a was a good. It was a great accomplishment yeah. uh, for me, just to know that I've got the horsepower to do it, and I and I, and I can still win. Mm-hmm. Um, so junior year went really well. Was able to make it in two events. That was that was my main goal. My, my senior year, um, I won the steer wrestling, ended up second in the calf roping in the state, made the high school finals in the cutting, and uh, I had a goal to win the all-around once I got there to the high school final, yeah. which I, I fell short of my goal, um, but I ended up that year reserve, or reserve champion in the uh, steer wrestling, and my steer wrestling horse won AQHA horse of the year that year, so... Oh, you know, even awesome. though I didn't accomplish my goal for that year, it was still, uh, you know, just a just a great, a great experience, a great year. I'll I'll always remember it. You bet, you bet. So then you decided to college rodeo after that. Yep. So then we we're uh, off to college um, through through my freshman year, uh, or through my actually my, my senior year of high school, um, and my junior year of high school. I did a lot of looking at different colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably visited. 10 or 10 or 12 different different schools wow that's a lot um just just yeah it was a lot and uh you know the reasoning behind that was was you know every school offers something different whether it be an education how their rodeo team set up um where their location is at um everything's different so mm-hmm. you know we we took the mindset that we were going to go look at a little bit of something everywhere and then then sort it down from there yeah. So what'd you decide on? So I ended up going to Missouri Valley College in Marshall, Missouri. Okay. What was the factor that stood out about Missouri Valley for you that the other schools didn't have? It ended up that I had sorted it down to Missouri Valley and uh, a college in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And those were the only two coaches that talked about winning. Um, no other coach uh, was serious about winning. Okay. And, uh, we, uh, you know, I, I'm a competitive person. I like to win and, you know, having the coach tell, you know, talk about winning and, you know, it, it's not a taboo thing to talk about, you know, winning and how we're going to do it. And, you know, just having the mindset to, you know, surround yourself with winners. That's not what I expected you to say. So that's really cool to, to hear that. And that's definitely something for kids to think about as they decide where they're going to go to school. You know, none of us, none of us go to lose. Yeah. At least I don't think, I hope not. I, I, you know, I, I, I've never met anybody that backed in the box that wanted to win second. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. So how was your experience in college rodeo? I had a a great college rodeo experience. Um, uh, Missouri Valley was in the Ozark region. Um, we were the, the farthest school, um, which meant we, we traveled the most. You know, a lot of people think, you know, traveling that far to a college rodeo is too much. But, 
I how I always looked at it, it was part of the adventure. It's not very often that you get a, get in the truck with you know for eight hours with six of your best friends, you know, right. and, and go and go have an adventure. And uh, you know, the, the the trip is you know half the fun of college rodeo. Oh yeah, I totally agree. We had college rodeos. We were the farthest school from anything in in the region that I was in too. Uh, and yeah, we had so many memories driving up and down the road and just laughing and joking and getting to know each other and playing games. And that's definitely a place where you do have a lot of fun, but you also learn a lot about yourself and you can talk about competition and you can really get to know people and and know your own abilities and, and people can help you on a different level outside of the arena too. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the, the guys and the, the people that I traveled with, you know, going through college and meeting with College Rodeo are the same people that I still talk to today. Yes, friends. I just got back from a trip to Virginia with the girl that I College Rodeoed with, and she's still one of my very best friends. And, and all of all of my closest friends, for the most part, have come from Rodeo, and they might not live anywhere yep. close to me, but we're still, still very close. Yep. Definitely a great opportunity to meet like-minded people because rodeo people aren't central to just one area. They're everywhere. So it's good to, to be oh. able to spread that out a little bit. I've always got I always know somebody within half an hour of me at all times. Pretty much. You know, from whether, whether it's from High Springs, Florida to, you know, the western side of Montana. Yeah, and I always figure if I don't know somebody, then I know somebody who knows somebody. So then after you college rodeo, did you start to pro rodeo in college or was that after what, and what made you decide that you could go to that level? Like what, what was the determining factor? Um, so my sophomore year of college or my, actually I got my first permit halfway through my freshman year of college. Um, and I went to four or five rodeos just to, you know, just to kind of see how it was going to go. Uh huh. I, I just felt like it was something I needed to do to, to bring myself up to the next level um, to be that much more competitive in college. Okay. Um, so the first my first year of pro rodeo, and I didn't really go to very many, um, but I was able to win money at a few of them. So I kind of, you know, I in my mind, the pro rodeo and the circuit was so high on a pedestal that I never – you know, didn't know if I was going to be achievable, you know, at the talent level to be able to do it. Uh-huh. And so by, you know, placing at those few rodeos, you know, it gave me the mindset of, I, you know, I can, I can do this. Oh, yeah. And, and so then um, my sophomore year, the summer of my sophomore year, um, I, I stayed in Missouri. Um, there was two other guys that were both pro rodeoing. I got in with them. Um, I had some success um, in the steer wrestling, um, but I, I, I didn't make the circuit finals. So then uh, my junior year, the summer of my junior year, I moved back to Iowa to live with my mom and dad. And uh, we, we circuit rodeoed more. And, and that summer I started calf roping some too. Okay. Um, before that, I just wasn't sure if my calf roping ability was up to par. And there towards the end of the season, I started roping calves a little bit um, at the pro rodeos just to, you know, I, I needed to get, you know, I, I was riding a greener horse. I needed to take him to more rodeos, and I was going anyways. So um, started roping calves, um, fell, fell a little short um, to making the short, uh, making the circuit finals um, in the steer us. And I think that year I ended up like 13th. Mm-hmm. And they and think then, they 12. 
they take the top 12. Uh, compared to the amateur rodeos around home, at least, uh, the the pro rodeos steer wrestling is a whole nother level of competition. And there's a lot of guys that steer wrestle at the pro rodeos versus these amateur rodeos around home. You know, you might get five to ten guys. And I remember going to some of those pro rodeos, the same ones that you were entered in, and there'd be more steer wrestlers than there were calf ropers or team ropers. Yeah. So it was yep. competitive. Uh, it was tough. They always seem to get a little bit more. Yeah. So, like, when you didn't, when you're saying you didn't make the circuit finals, like, that's a tough, that's a tough battle to, to make it to the circuit finals, and it's a huge accomplishment if you can. So, even getting that close within the first two years, like, that's something to be pretty proud of. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was not ashamed of how, you know, how it went. I just knew that, you know, I was learning still how to, oh, yeah. how to manage it, how to enter, how to, you know, get to the right spots at the right time, and I was still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And the entering game at Pro Rodeos, like, that's a... That's a whole learning curve in itself. I mean, you can be the best competitor in the world, but if you can't enter those rodeos correct, then you're not going to make it to the circuit finals because you're not going to get enough like you need to to hit enough of them. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's part of the art of pro rodeoing. Yes. It's not all just the glitz and glamour, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah, so you're still rodeoing today, correct? Yep. So, you know, since that year, I've made the circuit finals three times in, in the calf roping and the steer wrestling. Um, I, I've made it to the Ram finals in Kissimmee, Florida one time, and I don't, you know, this year was kind of a messed up year, and um, I don't really have any plans of stopping anytime soon, so. That's awesome. And I'm sure that you will continue to do great things. We're going to take a quick break during this awesome podcast with rodeo coach Fenton Nelson from Graceland University in Lamoni, Iowa, to talk about the National Western Youth Convention coming to Fort Worth, Texas, March 5th, 2021. The NWYC is a fun-filled, educational, career-building event for youth across the country to come together to learn firsthand from some of the most respected individuals and companies in the Western industry. You can find more information and registration about the NWYC at rodeokids.com backslash NWYC or under the advancement tab. Just click on National Western Youth Convention. The convention takes place on the Friday before the American Rodeo. So you can pack up the whole family, drive down on Thursday, check out the convention on Friday, head to the stockyards, and go to the rodeo on Saturday and Sunday. Again, that event is on March 5th in 2021 in Fort Worth, Texas. We look forward to seeing you there. So let's switch yeah. it up. In, so you, what did you go to school for? So in my undergrad, I got a I got a degree in ag business, and then I got a master's in business administration. Okay, and did you know that you wanted to be a rodeo coach when you went to college? Um, no, when I was, uh, you know, but you would have asked me what I was going to do when I graduated as a, you know, even up to being a, a junior in college, I would have just assumed I was going to, you know, be be a salesman of some sort or an insurance agent or you know, something of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't have any idea that I was going to be, you know, a rodeo coach until it really presented itself, I guess. When, when was that moment that you decided that that was something you'd be interested in? Uh, one night, I was always, uh, I, my work study was to feed the calves. And so I was behind the barn uh, feeding the calves, and my rodeo coach at the time, uh, Coach Ken Mason, 
um, come back that evening and was helping me. And uh, he asked if I would be his graduate assistant. Um, and what the school does is they pay for your master's and you help, you know, as, as part of the coaching staff. Okay. And, and, good at opportunity. That, and at that point, yeah. And, and at that point, you know, I was, you know, tired of going to college and, you know, I just wanted to get my degree and move on and, and this and that. And uh, we go to fill another bucket of feed and he goes, I've been, he goes, you haven't realized it, but I've been grooming you for this position ever since you were a freshman. And I kind of, you know, caught me off guard. You know, why would, why would somebody do that for somebody? Uh-huh. And uh, he said, he goes, you're going to be a rodeo coach. He goes, that's, that's your plan. And I said, no, you know, I wanted to argue it. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, I said, no, I'm not. I, I want to go do something else. You know, that's not what I want to do, whatever. And so I, I thought about the offer for the next few days and, and you know, what, what do I like doing in life? I, I like taking care of horses, taking care of cattle, helping rodeo athletes, you know, helping rodeo athletes become better people, better athletes. And, you know, then it just kind of dawned on me that I have, you know, I, I need to stay and be an assistant coach and get my master's and, you know, really hone in on, you know, the end because now it's the only thing that makes sense to me yeah isn't that crazy how that works (laughs) one minute you have no idea what your what your destiny is or what your fate is and then the next somebody just it just works out that way and all it just clicks yeah it was pretty wild yeah that's. i would have never thought twice about the conversation and then it it just kept coming up in the back of my mind i was like i need to think about this and really pursue it yeah that's just that's such a cool story so what was what was being an undergraduate coach like or an, it, I guess it's more of an assistant coach than anything right yeah um so uh, a lot of things that you know you don't think about um you know as being with with being a coach you know most a football coach a baseball coach you know they, they don't Every day there's animals to take care of. There's things that break. There's stuff that just has to be done day to day. So, you know, feed the cattle. Make sure everything's not broken for the day. And if it is, you know, fix it, whether it's welding gates back together or, um, you know, whatever it might be. Fixing, fixing on, the, you know. Yeah. They're just things that need to be fixed. And, uh, you know. We'll start practice about three o'clock with the calf roping, and so my my deal was the time to bet. So I took care of the calf roping, the steer wrestling, and the team roping. And Coach Ken or Coach Mason took care of the rough stock event. So okay. we kind of had a pretty good split. You know, I'm I'm more of a time to event background with the calf roping, steer wrestling. Yeah. And his main passion is is, is the bareback saddle bronc bull riding. Um, and so we were able to split that stuff up, and then the goat tying everybody would help with, and Coach took care of the – Coach Mason took care of the breakaway overs. Okay, what about uh, the barrel racers? We can't our, leave them out. Do what? The barrel racers, what about them? Yeah, and so, you know, <laughs> we, we would help the barrel racers where we could. It's just something that's really hard to do because not everybody understands, that, you know, there's so many different types of horses, so many different oh, types yeah. of riders, so – there are. That's a that's a whole coaching position in itself, but not all colleges can afford that. Yes, and believe believe it or not, a steer wrestler by trade and a bareback rider by trade knew much about it. <laughs> well, it sounds like you you made it work. And being a coach, there's it's not just coaching and helping kids and 
uh, you know, I was an assistant coach out in Rangeley, Colorado, and and I kind of knew just from you know managing the this facility here and just knowing what goes into putting on clinics and stuff. But as you get there and you realize, like it's just as much about managing the faci- the facility, managing the program, and helping the kids is the fun, easy part. But there's so many other things that go into coaching that are often overlooked. I think when people try to jump into that position. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's not something that can be overlooked because it's an absolute necessity of the position. It is. Yes, you definitely have to be have to be well-rounded and a versatile individual to be able to to tackle that that career. And so after you you were at Missouri Valley and and you decided that that was what you wanted to do, huh? Yep. So what did you what was your next step? I was a year and a half um, into my master's program and I, um, you know, it's a two year program. And so I was starting to look, you know, look for a real job. Um, cause I, I don't, radio coaching is not a real job. It's an absolute great way to share your passion. It's not hardly a job. It's what you love to do. Uh-huh. So I, I started, I started looking for, you know, a real job so I could just roll right from graduation, um, with my master's into a career. And, uh, you know, looking around, looking around online, I, I found a, uh, a school in Nebraska that was looking for a rodeo coach. They wanted to build, uh, start, start building a rodeo team. I, I applied to it and went out, went out for interviews and it, that, that, those went good. And it's, it was a nice school and, um, they ended up selecting me to, to hire, to hire me to get their rodeo team going. Uh-huh. And uh, so, so I was in Nebraska for about a year and a half um, getting that rodeo team going. And um, unfortunately, COVID, um, you know, we're, we're all going through the same thing, COVID cuts and, you know, problems with it. And uh, that school was un- unfortunately able to keep the rodeo team going with, um, you know, COVID uh, cuts yeah. and restrictions and stuff. And so, you know, I, I did gain a lot of great experience from there to, you know, on how to build a rodeo team, what yeah. to do different a second time around, what to do the same, what I need to do better. So when that when that program uh, got cut from the school, I was able to uh, roll right into a position at Graceland. How awesome. Well, and I think that, you know, this is a, a good time to, to remind people who are considering college rodeo and and who are wanting to be on teams and for parents and everything that uh, as COVID and as the world changes and as, you know, we, we do have more obstacles in rodeo for people not liking the sport for whatever reason um, and just financial cuts and whatnot in education. Uh, rodeo is one of the first programs that, that they sometimes cut because it is extremely expensive. Uh, by the time you have the livestock and the liability and the facility and, you know, all the horses around. And there's just so much that goes into those budgets. So for those of us who, who want our kids to college rodeo, who want to see it continue, like it's really important for us to do our part and for as college rodeo athletes to step up and help keep those facilities cleaned up and take care of the livestock because it's going to be the first one of the first programs that gets cut if they do have to start cutting programs. So just be responsible for that and realize that that it's not all hunky dory all the time. And a lot of these coaches are fighting tooth and nail just to keep these programs alive. 
and, and I think that's one thing, you know, that really gets, you know, overlooked is, you know, all this stuff does cost money and it, and it, it is worth something in it. We, we've all rodeoed or most of us have rodeoed enough to know it's not cheap and it's, and it's not cheap, you know, for the school. It's not cheap for the kids, but you know, there, I don't think there's any better way to live a life. Oh, I don't either. I, I think it's absolutely, you know, there's nothing else I'd rather do. And, and everything I do is to try to help promote it and, and keep it going strong. And so I just hope that, that we all, all of us do our part in making sure that, that we're, keeping a good image and, and being respectful and responsible and, and helping the sport grow and not being, not being part of the problem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So now you're at Graceland and how is that program going? Yeah. Um, you know, we had, we had a coach change, um, from the previous coach to myself uh-huh. and there was, uh, six kids that stuck it through that they said, okay, you know, there's a coach change, but you know, we're going to, we're going to stay and we're, we're going to ride this out and see what happens. Yeah. And, uh, I'm so thankful they did because the kids that, that I ended up having my first year at Graceland are, are great people. You know, they, they're being, they're well representing themselves on campus They're they show up to practice, they pick up, they want, they want to do right. They want, they come up with ideas on, you know, things that, you know, since we're creating this from scratch, it gives us a special opportunity to, you know, kind of do things different if we want to. Yeah. We can come up with different ideas on, you know, on how it should be or how it's going to be. And I and I do take lots of the kids' input on what we should do. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, this, this is for the kids, you know. Yeah, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's them, their program. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I can take some of their ideas and some of the things that they do to uh, – you know, what they think is important in a rodeo program and help implement it, I, I think it'll help us be that much stronger in the future. Yeah, well, and I, Graceland's in, in southern Iowa, and I was a, a little bit a part of them starting that program, and it's a, the school is a beautiful campus and a very, I think it's in a great location for kids that want to rodeo, especially if you're from the Midwest and you still want to stay fairly close to home, like there's so many rodeos and stuff in that area and jackpots. And, um, I mean, I think that if if you're wanting to a college rodeo in the Midwest, like you can't really get more central to, to a lot of opportunities. Um, and the school is the people there are super nice and they're excited about the program and they're willing to, to try new things with you, like you're not set in stone, and they're new to the program and to rodeo as well. So it's it's a great opportunity for for somebody, for for you and for the whole team to maybe set a new standard and do things a little bit different and make your own program. Yeah, and uh, that that's the thing I'm excited about. Is that there's nothing absolutely like you said set in stone. We can we can do things different, you know that Yeah, I'm super excited for you. I think it'll be great. So as you are, as a coach, what are you looking for when you're recruiting kids for your team? The kids that have a, have, have a, have a big heart and want to try. Like every coach wants to find that stud high school athlete that's, you know, going to be a straight A student and going to, you know, you know, win every time they back in the box. But um, those kids are, you know, there's only so many of those kids. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I also want the kids that are willing to learn that 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 know it takes work that they know that they know how to be coachable. Yes. And that that's one thing that you know makes a big difference is I, I think people don't look they, they look at their performance in the arena and think that they're that that's good enough. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, with start, with my situation of starting a new program, I, I want those kids to be re- absolutely respectful to everybody they meet, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, a president or a janitor, a maintenance man on campus, um, you know, because everybody pretty well knows if you're on the rodeo team or you're on the football team, they, they know who you are with it, you know, being such a small campus. So, so the big thing that I look for, you know, is those kids that say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. They shake your hand. They, they want to be a stand-up individual. Character. As well as, you know, want to be a successful rodeo athlete. I agree. What are some of the the requirements for your program or, or as a rodeo coach, are there certain things that your kids have to do or have to fulfill to be a part of the team? So this year, with uh, with us being such a small team, and I, I you know, I, I didn't recruit the kids that right. are here, um, which kind of leaves me not, it leaves me at an awkward situation because I can't say you've had to accomplish this and this and this to be able to maintain the team or be on the team. Mm-hmm. But I do leave something that I think that's kind of different that I do is I leave whether you're going to show up to practice. My practices are not mandatory. Okay. Um, which is kind of different. But what it does is since my team is so small, it puts the kids accountable because they have to have each other's help to be able to practice. Right. And so I think it kind of helps the, you know, the team hold each other accountable because if one doesn't show up for practice or two, don't, or, you know, two or three kids don't show up with practice, you cannot have it just because there's nobody there to run the shoot. Right. You know, there's nobody there to push cattle up. So, you know, keeping that with the team accountability of it, um, it, it puts it on the kids, um, you know, that they have to have their teammates. Yeah. And it makes it a team. I think that sometimes in rodeo we can forget that uh, it, it, is, it takes a, a village, it takes a team to make these things happen. Even if when we enter the arena <clears throat> we're the only one competing, it still takes everybody. Yep. You got to have the right people standing in your corner. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I know there's a, a school out in Colorado in Grand Mesa or in Grand Junction. And they have that coach, the kids have to read some books. I think each, I don't know if it's per semester, uh, but they have to read some kind of self help or self improvement book. That's one of their requirements on their team. And I always thought that was kind of neat because it's just a different. You know, rodeo, it's about the competition, but just like the kids that you're looking for, uh, you know, it's about building your character and building who you are and, and the camaraderie, and there's so much more to it than just the competitive side of it. Yeah. Um, so I do have a, a – the one thing that is mandatory per week um, is I've got a mandatory Monday meeting. Okay. Um, so Monday afternoon, um, all, all the kids will go, will go on to campus into a classroom. And it, it's treated as a class. Gotcha. Um, you know, we talk about the housekeeping stuff of the week. Um, uh, you know, this is what the practice schedule is going to look like this week, if it's going to rain, what our plan is, when everybody's leaving for the rodeo, you know, just general housekeeping stuff. Uh-huh. And then uh, there's a topic for each week. So this last week what we talked about was 
how winters are not normal. How, you know, what winters do that are different than just the average competitor. Okay. And, you know, and when I, when I present this information, we talk about it, you know, I, you know, my, my main goal is to help kids be winners in the arena, first of all, because that's my job is to create winners in the arena. Mm-hmm. But you can also be a winner in the classroom. You can also be a, a winner in the community. There, there's, you know, if you get, if you study your butt off and you get a hundred on that test, you didn't know, you weren't too sure about, you know, you, you're still winning. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I try to really incorporate that into what, what I want the week to be, you know, yeah. uh, you know, set the tone for the week, if you will. That's super cool. I like that idea. So what are your goals, you know, for, for kids who are looking into what college they're going to go to next? Like, where do you see Graceland headed? What are your goals for Graceland? You know, what would, what would be your pitch to them to, to get them interested in, in the school? Um, yeah, uh, you know, Graceland, I think, has a, has a great um, education system. Um, so what they do is there's a lot of classes that line up with multiple degrees. So most kids that will go to Graceland for four years, and they might get two or three degrees. Oh, wow. um, you know, And I think that's a really great selling point for the, for the education of Graceland is that if you go to a, a larger state school um, or somewhere else, you might only graduate with, you know, one degree and maybe a minor. But here, um, with not much more work, you can have two full degrees. And it's a four-year college, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a small campus, small campus size. Uh, from what I experience, every, pretty much every professor um, knows their kids. They, they know who who's who and what their names are and what sports they play. And, um, you know, like, like when I got to my office yesterday, um, there was a handwritten note from the president congratulating us on how our first rodeo went. Oh, very um, cool. You know, it's just, just stuff like that. That's, it's a small town. It's a small college, small town community. Um, you know, you, you go into the sale barn for lunch and, the, the waitresses want to know how their team's doing, what's going on, you know, how's the facility coming along, and, you know, they mm-hmm. want to know. Yeah. And what's your what's your goals with the rodeo program over the next however long you're going to be there? Yeah. Um, so my main goal is um, obviously to win a team championship, what would be with uh, the men's team or the women's team. Um, right now, um, there's some pretty talented girls on the team, and I think we've got a great chance. This year, I only have one male on the team, and, and my goal for him is to win the region, um, just because I do believe he's got the ability and the horsepower. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my main goal is just to create the rodeo atmosphere within camp, with, with on campus and within the community, because, you know, that that's where your support comes from. It, it's from the teachers, from the from the presidents, from the deans, and then as well from the business community members. Um, that own businesses and want to be involved and they want to help, um, you, you know, just really, really strong relationships um, there in the community. Because if, uh, you know, the rodeo team has a bad rap in a community of that size, it's, uh, it'd be really hard to keep proceeding. And someday oh. we'll, we'll put on a college rodeo and, you know, we need those people's support. We need those people's help. So, well, it sounds like you've dang sure got a really good start and, you know, you've got 
you're headed in the right direction and you've got the support that you need and you're willing to do the work to to help the kids get to the next level and you believe in them and and you're doing the right things to to get their minds right and providing them with the opportunity to practice like they need to and you have the knowledge that you need and the the background of of rodeo and the depth of people that you can call if you need help or you can't answer a, per, uh, a question I think is really important too because you know there, there are going to become times that you might not know what this kid's doing right or wrong but for you to to have that book of people that you can call on and and get that help is just as important as as everything that you know as well so I think that the opportunities that you can offer kids as a coach you know makes it makes your program stand out and and makes it a great opportunity for kids that they should definitely consider Graceland when they're when they're looking for schools yeah for sure I, I know that a lot of rodeo kids they want to try to keep a smaller class size and, and a, like uh, a more local feel to their to, to their class so they're not just a number or a, a, a face right and I think that Graceland really does offer that you know personal touch to your education where you know you you can go and sit down and, and talk with a professor when there's something going wrong instead of trying to track down a teacher's aid of some sort yeah. Okay, so Graceland's a great option. We definitely want the kids to consider that, and we wish you the best of luck in, in keeping that program rolling and, and getting it started and, and formatted to where it's it's the place to be in the Midwest. We just have a little bit of time left, but what advice would you give to a kid who's, who's wanting to start rodeoing? Go ahead and do it. Fight tooth and nail to make it happen. Um, there is... In, in my opinion, there's no greater sport. There, there's not a sport on TV anymore where they, you know, represent our country and what we do like rodeo does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's the original. It's the original sport. It's the only sport that I know of that actually has its roots placed in industry. Um, you know, with an agricultural and farming background, and being from the Midwest, a what you know, raised with this lifestyle there's no better way that i could think of, of, of doing it you know take the chance go go buy the horse start down that path ask questions you know there, i think there's a lot of people in the rodeo industry that that will help people that want to get going they just just need to ask yep you know they whether to it's ask. to come and come and ride horses or come and be a part to run the shoot you start becoming a part of it you're going to get involved and be willing i think as long as you know, for us here at, at our place, as long as you're willing to put in the work we'll, and get better, we're willing to help you as much as as much as you need. You know, we'll we'll sacrifice our own practice time to help somebody else who who wants to get better. But you just gotta have that want and desire, and, and don't be on your phone. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, put put down the phone and. Pick up a rope. I, that's the best thing that anybody can do right now is just pick it up. Just if, if you're on the fence about whether wanting to start rodeo or questioning whether you should do it or not, my best advice is to, you know, ask the neighbor that has horses if you can come ride to, mm-hmm. to just ask because most people really want to help because most people in the rodeo industry know that, you know, our sport is not as strong as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's lots of good things going on right now, such as, you know, adding breakaway roping into the NFR. I yeah. saw that yesterday. 
And, uh, you know, there's things happening in our industry that are exciting and let, let's get more people a part of it. Yeah, I, I do. I agree 100%. What's happening in the industry is awesome. The opportunities are growing. We just need to get more people to get started doing it that maybe don't have the background in it. We just Correct. need to keep growing our numbers. And yeah, the opportunities are endless right now in this industry. And it's awesome. I think it's it's taken a turn for the better, for sure. What about yes, parents? I, I agree. What advice do you do have I, for parents? Yeah, college rodeo is a, is a whole another adventure. And, you know, it, a, a thing that I see with college rodeo kids is when they get to college, they've never had to do rodeo on their own, per for se. I, as a coach, I am there to help facilitate and help with practice. And But, but I think the thing that gets looked over is, is a, a, a parent will send their kid to college and you know, that kid might not have ever, you know, had to change a tire, back up a trailer, or feed their horses on the mornings of the rodeos, you know, stuff that, stuff like that nature, you know, if you know your your, your child's going to go on to college, uh, start teaching them the things of how to rodeo without your parents there, you know. Right. Where, you know, where's the pack gun to change a tire, you know, how to manage the horses while you're, while you're away, uh, stuff of that nature. Um, and then knowing what what kind of supplements like having a a bag of vet supplies is really important too and knowing yeah knowing even just what banamine and butte just those two things like just knowing how to administer them and when yep exactly you know that's that's the things that you know a, a lot of kids struggle with before we left for our first rodeo we had our monday meeting and i made I made each kid, I, I said, well, who here knows how to change a blowout on a trailer? And they all raised their hand. I said, so we do not need to do a tutorial on how to change a tire in the trailer. And they all <laughs> they all agreed. And I was like, okay, then we don't need to do the tire change tutorial. Right. Yeah, my very first semester of college, I blew nine tires on my trailer. I got oh, in the trailer and it had bent axles on it and or something. Like it was just, it, it was just a series of, bad events that happened i ran over stuff the holes that got fixed over the stuff that i ran over blew out like just one thing after another so uh my advice to parents is buy your kids a battery powered impact wrench <laughs> that yes. is the best gift. So many headaches. yes it's the best gift that you can give your kids especially you know young ladies in today's world like i'm five foot two i weigh you know 120 pounds at the most and uh, you know, I don't need to be sitting there beside the side of the of the road by myself, helpless, uh, waiting on somebody. So when my dad taught me, you know, I knew how to how to change tires before that. But as I started blowing tires, that impact wrench, like I can change it just as fast as most men now. And I think that's a great life skill that moms, dads, whoever knows how to change tire, you need to be teaching all your kids that, and not just to rodeo, just in general. Yep, I agree. Yes. I agree. The the four hundred dollar impact wrench is a pretty cheap investment. It is. It really is. And make sure that they have two batteries so that when they forget to charge one, there's still another one that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, very cool. So what is just general advice that you have for com- for competitors, for rodeo athletes? Um ne- never sell yourself short on the competition. Um, you know, like like we talked before with my transition from you know, high school, from junior high to high school and high school to college and then, then college to the pro rodeos, um, I always had a self-doubt that I was not going to be good enough to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, self-doubt kills kills more champions or should be champions than I think anything else. Mm-hmm. In those transitions, just just be confident in your your abilities. You know, we you wouldn't be put in those situations or you wouldn't be going to the next level if you didn't think you were ready. So, so tr- trust your gut, and uh, you know, when when you go to you know, from junior high to high school, just be confident in your abilities. You, you've already trained for three years to be prepared for it, essentially. Um, when you go from, you know, the high school to junior high level, you, you've prepared for se- or high school to college level. You've prepared for um, seven years to be there. And then once you make that transition from, you know, finally college to pro rodeo, just, tr- just trust yourself. Just know that all, you know, your your horsepower, you're, you've got good enough horsepower to win. You, you, your talent's there to win. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just, just, just trust in it. Have trust in it. I think that's great advice. I just got done reading a book called Victory Favors the Fearless. And it's by Darren mm-hmm. Donnelly. And it's, a, it's an easy read. And it's a great book. And it talks about how, you know, all those, like the transitions that you're talking about and going to the next level all of those doubts come from fear and that fear is usually a lie and they're just, they're things that we construe in our minds or that society or our friends or whoever influences around us, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to be scared than it is to be courageous and uh, just making sure that you separate your fear and your doubts from your faith you know, and being able to say like, nope, this is just fear talking. Like I I have all these abilities that I've put the work in and being able to change the way that you think to saying, I have faith that I've done the work that I deserve to be here instead of saying, Mm -hmm. I'm scared uh, and letting doubt creep in. Just always, always bleed out your faith or your fear with faith. Yes, correct. Very good. Are you a book reader? I, I really am not. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I was given a book the other day, and it's, uh, it's sitting here in my passenger seat, and it's, I don't know, probably not even a half inch thick, and I, I was going to read it this weekend while I was at the college rodeo. Yeah? What's I'm the really book? I'm really not much of a book reader, but it's uh, the, the Simple Truths of Service. Okay. I haven't read that one, but that and sounds good. It's, uh, you know, from, it's, it's about... Um, I was explained it was about being mentally okay with, with serving other people all the time. And, uh, you know, as, as a rodeo coach, you, you get stuck in that position a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I do think it'll it'll help. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. And a service mindset is good. And, and just knowing that what you're doing is, is for the better and, and helping people, you can't go wrong doing that. Yes, for sure. I'm sure that for would be sure. interesting. But do you listen to podcasts or, or anything like that? Yeah, I, I I listen to quite a few podcasts. Okay, what's your favorite podcast? The Score. I, I like listening to The Score just from the interviews of, uh-huh. uh, you know, those the, the world champions they have on there and how their mindset or their story, you know, there's always a really cool story um, with those guys that have been there, done that, and uh, – I, I really do enjoy listening to that one. Yeah, and I think you can learn so much from other people and just hearing their stories and knowing that every single person on this planet has struggled at some point in time. Every mm-hmm. world champion, every every single person that you look at and think they've got it easy, they don't. At some point in time, they struggled. It's just their mindset and their perception or your perception of how they got through it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they didn't struggle. It. And there's always... 
it's always a cool story. And, and to me, it always gives me a little bit more faith every single time I hear somebody's story and the things and the obstacles that they had had to overcome. And it makes me feel like, well, if they can do it, I can do it type of deal. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, cool. for sure. Awesome. Well, Fenton, we are running out of time. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing with us your story on how you got started and, and where your program's going. And if anybody wants to get a hold of you to come tour campus or check out the rodeo program at Graceland, how do they go about getting a hold of you? Email is great. It's uh, fnelson1 at Graceland University. F-N-E-L-S-E-N-1 at Graceland. Okay. And uh, then my cell phone's usually the best way to get get a hold of me. Okay. And that number is six four one three seven three four three three one. Four three three one. Okay, we will put that information in the footnotes of the podcast as well. So if anybody's interested, they can give you a call and talk to you about the opportunities at Graceland University. And we're gonna hope that you know your program keeps going good, and we wish your team the best of luck this weekend and for the rest of the year. You bet. Well, I, I appreciate being on here, and th- thanks for having me. You bet. Have a great weekend. You bet. Thank you, Cammy. A huge thank you to Fenton Nelson, the head rodeo coach at Graceland University in Lamoni, Iowa, for joining us on the RodeoKids.com podcast today. If you are looking at joining a college rodeo team, check out the college rodeo page on rodeokids.com and fill out the recruit me form where coaches can find you. Good luck and happy trails.